Bibles before he comes and we're going to look at a passage uh, that he has selected this morning from the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I'll give you a few moments to find that. If, if you use the Pew Bible, it's on page 662. Habakkuk. The first four verses I'm going to read is Habakkuk praying to God. And then beginning in verse 5, it's God answering Habakkuk's prayer. Listen as we hear the word of God together this morning. Habakkuk chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet received. Now Habakkuk speaks to God. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen, or cry to you violence, and you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed. And justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Now God speaks. Verse 5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am, doing, I am going to do something in your days that, if, that you will not believe and even if you were told then. I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth, who seize dwelling places not their own. They are a feared and dreaded people, and they are a law to themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong, And the horsemen come from afar. They fly like a vulture, swooping down to devour. They all come bent on violence. Their hordes advance like the desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They deride kings and scoff rulers. They laugh at fortified cities and build earthen ramps to capture them. Then sweep Past like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own strength is their God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning and what your word says to us. We thank you for uh, your servant, Andy, as he comes and speaks to us. Father, anoint his mind, anoint his heart. And Lord, prepare our ears to hear your word and open our eyes that we can see what's right in front of us and then help us to respond in a way that brings glory to you. I thank you for this time this morning at our missionary conference to look at this passage of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Good to be with you this morning, and I do want to thank you for your faithful prayer for us and financial support. Uh, In Sunday school, I'll share a little bit more of uh, why I'm able to stand this morning after surgery 
with cancer this summer, so uh, we're excited about what God is doing. I also want to share in Sunday school uh, a number of things, but one is a little video clip from YouTube that uh, was made by Muslims. Uh, so if you want to convert to Muslim, come to... No. Uh, I think you'll find it really interesting and challenging, and uh, I look forward to sharing together with you. One of the things that I really enjoy is remembering when our two daughters were little. Uh, Maybe because of my intellectual lack of ability or whatever it is, but I'm able to make games out of almost anything I do. And uh, the kids and I always had a lot of fun. And I remember so often, as many of you do, I'm sure, hearing the girls say, do it again, Daddy. <laughs> and, and they would exhaust me sometimes in some of the games that we would play. Do it again, Daddy. Do it again, Daddy. And, and now I uh, have grandchildren. And the tune is similar but different. <laughs> it goes something like this. Do it again, Grampy. <laughs> It brings joy to my mind, joy to my heart. And I just prefer, though, even, even just slightly above do it again, Grampy, I prefer remembering do it again, Daddy. Those were really ideal, special times. And in my silliness, I kind of remember thinking, where did they come up with that expression? Do it again, Daddy. <laughs> you know, my girls are very creative. At this young age, they can think of something like that. And then I read scripture and I find out that that expression is sort of 2,600 years old. Because it's kind of found in Habakkuk. And I'd like us to think about that today. Habakkuk is a prophet, a minor prophet. Uh, in the organization of the scriptures, but that's only because of the size of the book, not because of the importance of the message. And Habakkuk is a story about a prophet who could be living in the U.S. in 2012. You heard Pastor Don read the words. How long, O Lord? Do I cry for help, but you don't listen? I'm... uh, Why do you make me look at injustice? There's no injustice in the U.S., is there? Uh, Why do you tolerate wrong? Destruction and violence are all around me. The law is paralyzed. (laughs) Does that ring true? Yeah, some of that's true. And so the prophet is saying, Lord, uh, here in Judah... We're supposed to be your people. And and we've gotten all all kinds of corruption. And you don't seem to be doing anything. And God says, hold on a minute. It's okay. Because I'm going to send the Babylonians. And they're ruthless. And they're going to come in and they're going to raise all kinds of havoc and destruction. (laughs) Now, Habakkuk wasn't particularly comforted. (laughs) 
And so in verse 13, he says, Lord, you know, you're from everlasting. You're holy. I know all that stuff. Uh, But your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You can't tolerate wrong. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? (laughs) Isn't that like me criticizing my kids? You criticize my kids, and what do I do? (laughs) I defend my kids. (laughs) They're perfect angels if you criticize them. And, And... Habakkuk's saying, wait a minute, God. You tell me you're going to send the Babylonians to destroy Judah? As bad as Judah is, they're righteous compared to the Babylonians. That can't be, Lord. What's going on here? And uh, God goes on to say, uh, that's okay because then the Babylonians are going to be destroyed. You see, in the past, God used nations, and he still does, to destroy wickedness. Uh, But then there's judgment for all nations. And so we come to chapter 3, and we read those famous words. uh, They're in your bulletin. Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. (laughs) Renew them in our day. Do it again, Daddy. Lord, it's wonderful. I'm a good... I'm a good Jewish boy, Habakkuk is saying. I went to Sabbath school. I know all the stories of crossing the Jordan River and how you called Abraham and all this. I know of your power. I stand in awe of you, God. But I haven't seen anything recently, God. Do it again. Do it again. Let me see your power at work in our nation. I want to see you work. Do it again, God. It's wonderful to remember the past. Some of us can remember special times in church and special times here and so on. It's great to remember But do it again, Lord. I want to see your power today. I I was at a meeting and I was asked to speak in chapel last week and I was sharing some stories about some of our missionaries. Uh, One missionary born in 1898. And it, it was exciting to tell stories about how God used him in miraculous ways in ministry overseas. And we need to remember the past and God's glory. But we want to see it today too, don't we? Do it again, God. 
Do it again, Daddy. Change hearts and lives for your eternal glory. Uh, Sometimes we want to ask ourselves, what is worth repeating? What do we want God to do again? What is worth repeating? I suggest to you that we as God's people ought to be people who have been changed. Acts 19, I was reading recently in my devotions, and, and, and it's great. It just dawned on me. The silversmiths in Ephesus rioted. <laughs> and there was this big commotion. The Roman government had to step in. Why were the silversmiths rioting in Ephesus? It was because Paul and the others were preaching the word of God and lives were being changed. And the silversmiths were going out of business because nobody wanted to buy idols. When was the last time the pornographers were rioting because too many people were seeing their lives change and they were going out of business? Not recently. How about all this other corruption and pollution that's in our world morally? Where's the riots? Is it because we're not impacting our culture? We are the salt of the earth. But the rottenness is not being salted. And we're not having riots. People aren't complaining. They're putting up with us. The news media talks about us as a voting block. We're not a voting block. We are representatives of Jesus Christ in impacting our world for his glory. I pastored in New England. And there were some people there when I got there that still remembered back when. And they called me Parson. You see, in the old days, Parson was short for the person, the person who represented God in our world and had an impact in our culture. Now they call me Andy. Yeah. What do we want God to do again? Do we want him to make us a people for his name? As God spoke to Habakkuk, Habakkuk remembered some of the stories that God's working in his world in chapter 3. And he waited for God to bring judgment on Judah and then on the nation of Babylon. And then he concludes the chapter 3 with these words. Verse 17, Though the fig tree does not bud, 
And there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go to the heights. Wow. That kind of Christianity would cause all kinds of riots, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? It's so so different from the prosperity gospel that is so preached. You know, trust God, and you're going to be a millionaire. Send me some money, and you'll be a millionaire. That's really the way it works. But this kind of worship of God says, even if I have no money, I'm going to have joy in God my Savior. That kind of Christianity is going to impact the world. Can you say, though the fig tree doesn't bud, though the pink slip comes and I'm out of work, though we find out that we have a double dip recession coming, though as Nancy and I are facing right now, our daughter is in deep struggles and our hearts break for her. Can we say still, I will rejoice in God my Savior? You see, that's the message that we can confidently say, do it again, Daddy. There were people who lived like this. And they impacted our culture. Oh, Daddy God, please do it again. Give us faith. (laughs) You know, one of the things that bothers me, I hate preaching like this. Because in order for me to demonstrate that kind of faith, what has to happen? My fig tree doesn't bud. (laughs) There's no sheep in the barns. You see, otherwise, I don't demonstrate that kind of faith. I don't want to demonstrate that kind of faith because I don't want to suffer like that. But we live in a world where there's suffering, don't we? And when the problems hit me, I want to be able to say, I still rejoice in God my Savior. Not only is it different from the prosperity gospel is different from so much churchianity. So many churches have a, 
a strong faith and they pray, God, build our church. That's not what God's interested in. Not your church. He's interested in your unsaved neighbors. He's interested in the world around us. I have a dream. I have a dream to see this passage fulfilled. When I think of do it again, Daddy, I think back to when I was seven, eight, nine years old. And I went to church and my father was an absent father until he died when I was 10. So I didn't really know him, but my mother loved God. And she would go to prayer meeting. I would go to prayer meeting with her. And oftentimes in the wintertime, we'd go from one house to another because we didn't want to start the wood stove in the church. And one of my early memories is hearing these people on their knees praying. And sometimes I'd wake up. (laughs) I was a kid, you know. Some of those people could go on and on. But I remember waking up, hearing prayers for unsaved neighbors interrupted because the person praying started crying, weeping for the souls of unsaved neighbors. Psalm 126 says, those who go forth weeping, bearing precious seed. And this little five, six, seven people kneeling in the house, crying over unsaved neighbors. And Nancy and I live back in that town now. And we walk for exercise. And I can't help it. I go by these homes. And I remember people weeping for Alvin Day. And I see his old house and realize he's in glory. He was a known outlaw in town. (laughs) He's in glory. His wife's in glory with him. When was the last time you wept for the salvation of somebody that's not your blood? We all weep for our children. Do it again, Daddy. Give us broken hearts for unsaved neighbors. And, and I, I, I think of a time, if you talk to my wife, she'll correct me because uh, I can't ever remember the way she remembers it, but the way I remember it. <laughs> uh, I had a funeral for a lady who was a member of the church in Old Town. 
She died when she was probably 87, 88. But probably 20 years before that, I heard the story. A couple who were heading to the mission field were in church. All of their support was raised. And they needed money for their transportation to the field. They had a special offering. And this dear lady put in the offering plate a diamond ring that she had inherited from a favorite aunt or somebody. She put it in the offering plate so it could be sold to help these people spread the word of God. When was the last time you sacrificed something loved in order to share the word of God, to help people who've never heard? There's only a couple billion A couple billion, say it quickly and it doesn't hurt. There's only a couple billion people in our world today who haven't heard that Jesus loves them. And we can go week after week without ever thinking about it. God has brought some people from over there next door. And a lot of us avoid them. Do it again, Daddy. Break our hearts for the world. I read a story in Christianity Today a while back. As most of you know, historically, there was a lot of conflict in Afghanistan long before 9-11. A lot of Afghan people fled the country from the Mujahideen, and they lived in deplorable conditions in refugee camps in Pakistan. The children would go warm and cold, terrible cold weather. They went barefoot, and they would have problems because of it. And this Christian group expressing concern for this refugee camp and the children brought a bunch of sandals for the children. And this man's daughter was there and she and other Christians were recruited. Instead of just handing out the sandals, they wanted to give them individually. And they decided they would wash the children's feet first. To do this, uh, they included a lot of people, including my daughter-in-law, who carefully washed the children's filthy feet, put medication on their sores, and prayed silently for them before giving them the sandals. Some months later, a primary school teacher in the area asked her children who the best Muslims were. 
obviously a Muslim school. A girl put up her hand and said, the kafirs, that's the disbelievers, we call them Christians, Muslims call them disbelievers. After the teacher recovered from cardiac arrest, she asked, why? What do you call the disbelievers the best Muslims? The girl replied, the mujahideen killed my father, but the disbelievers washed my feet. We have patriotism and pray and rally behind our troops as we should. But we should know that the hope of reaching Muslims is not bullets, but washing feet and showing compassion and living like Jesus did. Daddy, do it again. Give us people who will live sacrificially in showing love to two billion people who've never heard. They haven't rejected Jesus. They don't know who he is. Do it again, Daddy. Father God, do it again. Give us hearts that trust you when the crop fails, when the bank account fails, that we can rejoice in God our Savior. Do it again, Father God. Give us compassion for a world that has no hope without Jesus Christ. Lord, break our hearts that we might represent you because you're so good, you're so powerful. Only you can cause us to rejoice when the crops fail, when our daughters struggle, when our doctor's word is not good. May that God be shared. Do it again, Daddy. Amen.